Hey, welcome back, everyone, to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. As always, I am Kyle Hall, and that guy is Zach Benson, the guy that is ripping up the Midwest Mod class this season in all of Wasoda. He is your current national points leader by a fairly wide margin. And so uh, we're going to we're gonna learn about that and how that's happening and why that's happening and, uh, and some other stuff, too. So welcome to After the Checkers. Zach, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, you've been on the, on the list for a long time and we just never really connected to, to get you onto the show. Good. Yeah. It's been a while. I think we talked at uh, actually my work, I don't know, a little over a year ago. Yeah, It was probably just, a year ago. Yeah. yeah it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. So I was down there buying my trailer for my side by side. And, uh, and I said, we got to get you on the show. And he's like, yep, for sure. And then it just, it just never worked until now. So I'm, I'm excited that we finally got you on. So so let's go all the way back. You, you and I met a long, like, I didn't even know this until just a week ago when you and I chatted or two weeks ago, I guess it was, um, you and I met a long time ago, 25 years ago, probably, um, when you were racing quads, is that yeah. like, tell, tell us about how you got into that. Yeah. So when I was, uh, quite a bit younger, um, uh, neighbors of ours actually, uh, grew up racing dirt bikes, go-karts, like he had it all. So uh, when I got old enough, I started getting into that also. And he raced uh, um, at KC's back then in Brainerd, and that's how I kind of got into it. And then um, more friends of ours. Um, so, yeah, I used to go up Friday nights up to KC's. Uh, we started out uh, racing uh, 400 EX and then went to the 450 class and um yeah it was a lot of fun up there we it was a big thing back then to uh, go up there and it used to be huge when it first started out it was it was really yeah. cool it was it was um there's certain racetracks now that just have like a a really fun family everybody in the pits gets along and you you don't you don't get done with the races and load up and leave like you hang out because like you go watch everybody else race or like you have a beer, or you cook out or whatever it is after the races. And that's way back in the day. That's how our, our motocross was. Is it with, like everybody hung out, you showed up hours and hours early and you hung out and everybody was high-fiving and helping each other. And it was just a really, really kick-ass atmosphere. And we would have 180, 200 riders on a, on a normal Friday night race, you know, and it was, it was so much fun. And I don't specifically remember you, but I remember a lot of those guys because that was the early days of my my announcing career. That's where I started announcing as motocross, and and I that's where I cut my teeth learning how to keep track of twenty riders on the track all at one time and and know what place they were and all that kind of stuff. And and there was certainly no technology like there is now. So it was that's how I got my start is. The same way you got your start, just on opposite ends of you were on the track <laughs> and I was in the in the announcer's tower still. So right, exactly. So how and long? So what what age were you? Is that 12, 15 years old, somewhere in there? Um yeah, I would say right around that 14, I'd say 14, 15. Okay. And and uh we started, you know, just like anything else with racing you start doing it and you get bigger in it and you get faster in it. So we started doing that and that was our only thing. We never did any districts. And I think I did two years of just nothing but Casey. 
And then we got into districts and then we started buying more bikes and then yeah. we started getting a bigger trailer. And then we did like, I think it was probably like three or four nationals and stuff like that. And then we ended up racing the, one of the last years we won the open a class for the four fifties. And then, um, and then just kind of petered out of it for a little bit. Um, uh, met my wife um, and she was a huge dirt track fan, everything else like that. So we started going that way. And I actually started out helping out her cousin who raced Jason Hall. Okay. Um, so that's how that kind of started. Like I always had the background of dirt track racing um, from Mike Jones, 75. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, me and his son grew up together. So we went to Princeton then we went to Brainerd and I watched Justin and, and him race a ton. So I was always there, just didn't really have a foot in the door. And then uh, when I met my wife, we uh, we talked about it. And actually, uh, one day she came home and me and her father and I just went and picked up a car and we put it in the garage and she knew nothing about it. And she opened the garage door and she's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, well, we're going racing now. <laughs> I don't know. The race yeah. car fairy came, honey. Yep, exactly. So, so was she was she girlfriend or wife at that point? She was wife at that point. Okay, okay. Yeah. And when? So when when did that transition happen? Like how? When? What? Like what year is that? Where you start? Where you got in the cockpit? Two thousand fourteen. So fourteen. So that's honestly not all that long ago. No. no. Yeah. Okay. And so. So you, you raced quads for probably five or six years then? Is that if, if yep. my math yep. is following yep. the story there? Okay. And you yep. did do some national stuff. How did you, how did you do against the world? Uh, not, not the greatest. Like it was nothing like you, you thought you're on the top of the world with districts and doing well there. And you really found out how fast guys were and how much better the, you know, and these guys did it nonstop, you know, right. we, did it and we said that we trained and we did that but we were never even close on the same level <laughs> it he, was just i in a in a former career i that was my industry like the motocross industry was my job and my side hustle at the same time and you're right like what you the whole big fish in a small pond thing that's a real thing in especially yeah. in the motocross world because the level of equipment that that pros have are it's it's astonishing you know there's there's guys that have that have thirty forty thousand dollars into the suspension on a quad let alone the chassis and the engine and the wheels and like the it there it's just so crazy i mean they're fifty sixty thousand dollar quads but they're so fast it's just oh crazy. it's it's amazing we yeah. would go out there and these uh these kids could be on these 300 EXs that these parents and people would just go insane on it and they yeah. would just make me look stupid on a yeah. 450. Yeah, it's nuts. So, it's nuts. So it's um, uh, probably not unlike stock car racing a little bit. No. You can you can you can spend a ridiculous amount of money and, and be a mediocre driver and all of a sudden you're a great driver. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so where we've made it's 2014 you've made the transition over to cars um like is that did you go right into the midwest mods or were is there a transition a, a smaller class no 
I'm going to straight into Midwest mods. Um, okay. I, I've always, I'm a huge fan of modifieds, open wheels, um, besides sprint cars, like <laughs> besides sprint cars, <laughs> get a starter. Regular, regular dirt track guys just hate <laughs> on sprint cars so much. They're cool, but I, yeah, it's, uh, I, so I wanted sprint to get cars to are that. cool when they're running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so no, that so i was uh wanted that so that's what i got into and then um we just started going and i got a lot of help from her cousin jason and and her dad her dad has been with me since day one now um, is that you said hull that's my last name is that hull's racing engines no nope, no nope. oh, jason okay. hull, he's yeah he's from around here uh, i believe he grew up in like cambridge area so nope he just he is also the same like just wanted to get into it so one weekend he got into it you know 10 15 years ago and he actually had a really good run he started getting really fast and then his daughters got older and got into hockey so yeah, yeah. that's two over. real expensive like, sports right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so when you like i was doing a little stocking on you today and in, in preparation for interview and and my race pass goes back to 2017 um as far as what your stuff is anyways, you've yep. never had a season where you didn't collect a win. Is there going back into 2016, 15 and 14? Was there, did you get a win right off the bat or, or did you struggle to find your feet? No, I got a win my first year and that was at Fergus Falls. Okay. Nice track yeah. to win it. They, you can win there. That's uh that's tough. Yeah, uh, and then it took me a, a whole nother year to get another win, and then I believe that was at, I believe it was Ogilvy, but I'm not quite sure. And so, so and you had, I, I'm leading up to something here. So, so you had a couple year, like a one win your first year, and then so no wins the second year. No, I got one win the second year also. Okay, uh, but like a whole calendar year later. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then what about in 2016 then? I think one or two. Okay. And then going back to 2017, the stuff that we can see on my race pass, one win and there, or maybe two wins that year or three. And then there was another one win year. And then all of a sudden something clicked, something happened. And, and it was eight or nine wins and then 10 or 12, 10 or 12, 10 or 12 this year already your most successful year by far uh like you're right now with 25 races in you're sitting on 12 wins your best season before this was 10 wins in like 60 shows and so the the question that i'm leading up to is what's different something something this season is different you've always been good this year you're great and, and is that, is that an experience thing? Is it a, a, a chassis help thing? Is it a, what's different? It's all above to tell you the truth. It's not just one thing and the other thing. Um, chassis is huge. We started out with a new car last season. Um, so we got to know it and we got really, I thought really comfortable with it, but the more seat time you sit in it, the more you know how far you can push it, what sure. you can do with it, everything else. And stuff over the winter we wanted to try, and we got figured out. Um, but the biggest thing, even I would say in the last two to three years, 
is is the little things maintenance taking off the lower control arms taking the whole rear end hells you know every every other week we try to do stuff like that just going through the car like yeah when i first started out racing that wasn't a thing we just thought we'd just go out and race and have fun and you put in the trailer and wash it and It'll that be was there it. next but week yeah exactly so maintenance has uh changed our program around tremendously um and you know like i got two guys i got my buddy cody and my father-in-law and they are there all the time for me and then so when i'm working and they're doing that kind of stuff they're on it they're on top of it and so um and then having my new chassis with these guys with at factory 43 they've been on top of it a lot so it helps out just to be everybody's got to have the same game plan and yeah. so yeah. we're all on the same game plan and with my motor builder with chubbs with factory 43 with everybody we all got the same idea the same goal at the end of the year so that's that's literally probably the biggest thing you know if we're we're not all in the same game we're gonna be screwing around and yeah it isn't yeah. worth it you're just pulling the rope back and forth. Everybody, everybody's right. making movement, but you're just you're just pulling each other back and forth. So you're you make a great point. So tell me about Factory Forty Three. What who, who is that? Where is that? Um, t- tell me about them a little bit. Um, so it's Nick and Doug. Um, they're brothers. They're out of uh, Ladysmith, Wisconsin, and then um, they started out. I don't know, a while ago, kind of doing some shocks and stuff for me like that. They build street stocks, they build modifieds and V mods. Um, and I just gave them a shot one time. I really liked it. I've seen what they could do. And yeah, and uh, they built me a couple sets of shocks and I liked how they felt and everything like that. And then wanted to buy my first new car that I've ever had. Every single thing I've had before last year was used. Was so, used, yeah. Yep. So I gave them a shot and we haven't looked back since. Um, they have a uh, background um, that they worked with. Um, they worked both for Hendrix for a few years. So they have that background and they're just, they're young and they're very intelligent, very smart. Um, so it's really fun working with the guys because um, they're not afraid to try anything. That's for sure. So um, Which is, it's, that's, it's that's really cool. Innovation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You talk, yeah. I listen to the, uh, the Dale Jr. Download all the time, like that podcast I listen to all the time. And they talk on there all the time about innovation, meaning yep. cheating is what they're talking about. But <laughs> you can't say cheating. You have to say innovation because it's not cheating until they write a rule about, right. about what you're doing. And so right. um, uh, even Dale Jr. goes, if, if I, if I jump in a car, my, you know, my drivers that I've hired jump in a car that's completely legal to the book. Someone's getting fired. Like that we need to be pushing the edge all the time. Like we, they write rules about us. That's what he wants. <laughs> that's what he wants to say. So, and I, I, I'm not smart when it comes to, to the engineering side and, you know, making sure this angle and that, you know, all of that stuff that you guys are so good at when you drive cars and and clearly those guys are phenomenal at, but it is it is real evident on the racetrack this season that something is different about the 17b because dude you are it doesn't matter where you start you're going to the front and you're going to be a contender in that race regardless of 
where you are or what who's in front of you. It's you. The last race that I announced for you was a couple weeks ago at at Granite City, and and I got to tell you, I was like, dude, starting like ninth or tenth or something like that. You were way back, and I thought you'll get top five, but there he's out. Like he can't. He's not winning this race. And and within ten laps, you were battling for the lead. It was and it was clean and you just went where other people didn't and your car you just pointed it and went and it it got up on its on its heels and freaking hooked and it was whatever whatever they're doing whatever you're doing it's working don't don't change much for sure right no it's you gotta have a lot of luck on that stuff too you know right place right time but it uh and you gotta we're we're beating mod racing you know like people are everywhere all the time. So yeah. it's, you gotta not get in the collisions and starting back like that, you know, being in the invert and it is tough, you know, like we're not going to be able to do that every night. We know that, but it's, it's nice when we are able to, and it's racy like that. Cause it's a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um. I'm hoping that our track produces a bunch more of that with the new surface and the new surface is getting nice and smooth and consistent top to bottom it's produced some really great race in the last couple of weeks that we've raced and and uh that's exciting for me because <laughs> i as the as a i'm just a paid spectator is all i am right and i and then you get to hear my thoughts as as i'm watching a race and it's super exciting to watch right now at granite city which is fun hopefully it's hopefully it's fun for you guys too Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's been good. You know, we look where we were at, at it last year. It's work in progress and yeah, they've right. done a huge improvement. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit of a challenge the first couple of weeks where you had to put your, you know, lock it into four wheel drive to get through the track. But <laughs> we got yeah. that handled. That's all gone now and it's good to be fun. So, um, so is you're on the cusp of, like this is the time July. It's usually the end of July, first of August, when we start thinking about national championships and those kinds of things. Is that is that in the back of your mind or is it up here in the front of your mind already? Well, we race Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll see where we're at in September. Perfect. I love that. And so it's <laughs> if you keep it up, it's gonna be awful damn hard to beat you because there's there's nobody I don't think within like six or seven wins of you right now uh which wins just give you more points and in the b mod it's always i shouldn't say always it's 97 percent of the time going to be a max points night because the b mods are one of the bigger classes and if you can always park it as much as you are you're you're going to be hoisting that trophy and and getting to go home with the pretty girl at the end of the night yeah <laughs> that's that's the goal <laughs> that is the goal exactly so um, okay. So we do this thing. Um, you know what I actually want, I had another question that I want to talk to you about, uh, is family. Like you brought up your wife and that sort of stuff. And, and that's how did, how did you two meet? Cause you said there was, she had a little bit of background in racing and that sort of stuff. Um, uh, where, how, how did that happen? Um, so well, we met at a bar and, um, so, uh, we were there hanging out and we ended up uh, going back to a friend's house and meeting there and just got to start to know each other. And then, uh, yeah, we did end up going to a lot of races together. Uh, Cedar Lake, Princeton, like I said, Jason was racing. So we were on watching him a lot. Um, 
and then just one thing turned into another and just I don't know it's probably a year later year and a half later we were engaged and then married and now we got two kids nine and four and uh, I got my mother-in-law father-in-law my sister-in-law my mom my stepdad their four friends uh, sponsors like it's probably I'd say a good 20 to 30 people at night at the track going with us. Like it's insane. And the, it doesn't matter where I go. They follow us everywhere. It's That's it's awesome. a blast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. That's what makes it going, going back to the first thing I said about Casey race promotions, right. Is it was everybody hanging out together. Every, it wasn't, it wasn't Zach and, and one guy in the truck going racing. There was guys like that, but it was, it was always grandma and grandpa were there and mom and dad or the girlfriend and their parents. And like, it's, it's, you're, you're feeling that in the race car world where you, you've got your own little 17 B section in the grandstands or in the pits or wherever they are helping out in, in that it's got to make a difference when you roll out onto the track, knowing that there's eyes on you. Yeah. There's, there's always eyes on me and they'll, they'll always tell me where I should be going and where I'm not going. So <laughs> that's, that's for sure. But you know, like going back to where, and when I was watching racing, when I was a kid with like Mike Jones and those guys, like yeah. I wish it turned into more of that where the, where the stands would empty out and everybody we like, we'd walk across Princeton and go straight through the track, walk the on pits. it. And then everybody was in the pits. Like I wish it would go more into that to see the fans, to know them, to see the kids, stuff like that. Cause there was plenty of nights where I'd walk over there to see, you know, Ron Jones, Dave Moss, Shane yeah. Sprasky, uh, George Sneezek, you know, all those guys, it was, it was a blast. So it'd be cool to, started getting more people to come down and see more of the drivers and I get it. People want to get home and especially Sundays and stuff like that, yeah. but Friday, yeah. Saturday nights, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. I've had the idea of like our track is a Sunday night track. And so people, no one's hanging out afterwards, yeah. right? You got to yeah. work tomorrow. And, yeah. and we get done early enough, you know, we're done by nine, nine thirty, kind of a thing. And so it's not, if, if you are driving, you know, like I'm an hour, like I live an hour away from the track. And so I'm home by 10 30 or 11 always, which isn't, it's about when people go to bed anyways. And so it's, yeah. it's kind of a normal night. Right. And, um, I had the idea of let's do that before the races. Let's, let's have an open pits for, for, you know, obviously you'd have to pay your pit pass and all that jazz, or, or maybe we don't like, maybe there's a way to do it without doing that. Um, but to have it from, from four to five, where it's anybody who wants can come down to the pits and hang out. And then at, at five o'clock, you got to get out kind of thing. You got to have your, your pink wristband on or whatever it is. Um, I don't know how you would control that, but I've, I've had that idea because that is, it's something that, that I think as drivers, you guys love. And as a, as a little kid you just said as a little kid, that was the cool part is getting up close right. to your friends. You know, maybe you get to talk to your, you know, to Shane Sabraski, your hero or, or your favorite driver, or you get to see inside the cockpit of a race car for the first time. 
it's how you fall in love with racing, right? Like I'm going to, exactly. I want to get in that some buck. Like that looks yep. like freaking fighter jet inside there. I got to be in there, you know? And that's yep. where like, we need to figure out as, as a sport, we need to figure out how to make that happen, you know? Right. And so like the Friday night tracks and the Saturday night tracks, it's pretty easy. Get, get a show down to three hours, three and a half hours. And then, encourage guys to hang out after the races and, and, and then open the gates up and let everyone come down and, and hang out and see their drivers and, and always have hero cards with you and that sort of stuff. And that's how we, that's how we cultivate the next generation of, of race car drivers. Um, But Sunday tracks got to figure that out too. So go to thinking on that now. (laughs) So um okay so we do this thing on the show zach called the uh yourmth.com rapid fire questions of course you know your mth uh very very well minnesota trek headquarters big you know five location dealership uh used car dealership throughout minnesota here they just announced that they've they've after 19 years in business they just sold a car to their 50th state they they sold a cadillac to Hawaii and someone's shipping their freaking Cadillac Escalade to Hawaii. So that's their 50th state, all 48 of the mainland. They've been to Alaska and now they've been to Hawaii. And so uh, it doesn't matter where you're listening to this, they can get you a car and it doesn't matter if it's just an SUV, like a Cadillac Escalade going to Hawaii, or if it's a grocery getter for mom or a Honda Accord or a big old jacked up you know, one ton dually or a commercial vehicle, they have everything uh, that has an engine and, and drives on wheels. So um, give them a shot, yourmth.com on the, on the interwebs, go find them. So rapid fire questions, five questions that may or may not have to do with racing. Here's question number one for you, Zach Benson, a racing genie comes uh your 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 grinding tires and all of a sudden out of the valve stem comes a bunch of smoke and the racing genie shows up and gives you three wishes. I said three wishes. This is this is how you know <laughs> the announcer. Three wishes. Uh what are what are your three racing wishes? Oh Tom, um, right? it's, it's yeah that's way harder to come up with that than you think. Right. Like racing conditions or what? Whatever you uh, want, man. It's a genie. Whatever I want. It's a genie. Um, uh, water trucks put away, slick tracks for features. Okay. And water trucks put away. <laughs> um, three wishes. Uh, that's that's super tough. I don't know. Um, Obviously, like big got to be shows. like unlimited chassis for for my whole life, right? Or something. I mean, yeah. like that. Oh, we're going like yeah. If we're talking chassis, yeah, obviously, like there isn't a dominant chassis right now, so I don't even know which one I would pick. But um, yeah, I would you know something like that. Um, you know, big you know USMTS motor from rather Clemens or Vic Hill, like. I, I don't know if my motor builders ever built one, but I'm sure if I could get on little limited from him. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And if, and I, and I'll wreck anything. So if Doug and Nick want to keep building me cars, unlimitedly, <laughs> I'll keep doing that too. Yeah, Concrete's not discriminatory about me running into it. Yeah, no, exactly. 
So yeah, I'd have to say that like, it's, it's really fun. Um, we just got done at, uh, superior. We had to race a Sunday night show. It would have been an, really amazing night if we could have got that show in and without the fog because that track was beautiful yeah is it was it not as good the next day uh it was still good but it's day racing so you know you get six seven laps in um somebody was saying something like our lap times were like four seconds off what we usually run so wow yeah so what are you doing can't do nothing no at least you got it in it's the, it's the thing I always, it goes back to the motocross days. It's the same track for everyone. You know, somebody right. bitching about a, a rut or a, a rough spot in the motocross track. Someone's dry, you know, complaining about dust or, or fog, whatever it is. It's literally the same track for everybody. And so like, figure it out. Like that's right. what it is. And so as long as it's, as long as there's not just the one lane on the bottom, like, moisture's all right but it's got to be up top because at least you can throw a slider yeah yep i it's we've we've had that conversation a lot on this show about what's your favorite track conditions and it's almost universal that drivers want dry and slick you got to drive that track you can't it's not just hammered down and and everybody you know gets in a line and plays freight train around the bottom or around the top or wherever it is it's Nobody likes that. Announcers hate it. Spectators hate it. Drivers hate it. It's it's bad when right. it gets like that. So right. um, it's as a is if I was out there by myself in in a race car, I'd want that son of a bitch to be hammered down. Like I want to go as fast as I can, <laughs> but it's not good for racing. So oh, and it's certainly not good for parts. If it's if it's three lanes or you know two lanes and it's hammered down, it's still a great time yeah. and stuff. It's yeah. just no, I would agree with that. It's just, it's a lot harder on equipment, but also we're on dirt track. And if we want to race asphalt, we'd be down at Elko. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It goes back. Oh, asphalt is what you use to get to the racetrack. Exactly. <laughs> uh, question number two is how much time, and we kind of, you kind of alluded to this already. How much time, if you had to punch a time clock, how much time goes into that race car when it's not at the racetrack? Oh, I'm pretty lucky. And I got, like I said, pit guys doing it sometimes during the day when I'm not here. So I would say 50 hours a week, 50 hours a week, not at the racetrack. That is, that's now that's man hours, right? That's, that's, you got two or three guys that are working on it. Maybe 50 hours each kind of a thing. Oh, no, I'm just saying like, also I'll come home and we'll do stuff. But, uh, I got a buddy that comes over that, uh, he's able to be here during the day. So he'll come over during the day and me and my father-in-law will tinker around it at night kind of deal and just anything. But the main thing is tires, you know, we try to get, you know, five to 10 tires for the next couple of weeks. So we try to get all those tires ready to go. And um, if we're not fixing on things and having to repair stuff, um, it could be down, you know, quite a bit less, but also, like I said, that maintenance thing's huge. So we like tearing stuff apart, make sure everything's freed up, ready to go. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's how you find little micro cracks and frames and, and that, you know, shock, shock shafts that are just bent just a little bit kind of it. Like that's how you find that stuff. You don't yeah. find it by pressure washing it, loading it back up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nope. It gets off the wash or gets off the pad from washing and goes right on the lift. So we're all looking at it 
and we'll, you know, we'll watch races in the shop too while we're doing it. So it's not like it's all hard work, but yeah, it's, we, we take it pretty seriously. Good. Good. You could be listening to after the checkers on a podcast in the garage while you're working on your shop. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be on the next, on the, on the whiteboard out there to put that on after the checkers. Exactly. So, um, what was your favorite, uh, high school subject? Uh, probably small engines or welding. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. not, wasn't normal high school stuff that was, you weren't a fan of reading, writing and, and whatever math, I guess. <laughs> Fast, faster. I could get out of school and start working the better. I would... The better you liked it. Yeah. Makes sense. So, okay. So it was, uh, it was one of the trades like either, yeah. uh, welding or, or wrenching on stuff, which makes sense that you're doing what you're doing then. Yep. Yeah. So, and you, your career is, is like you work at Power Lodge, a, a, a motor, you know, side-by-side snowmobiles, four-wheelers, all that kind of stuff. That's what, and you were in the service department, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so it makes sense that that's what you liked. So yeah. um, is Zach Benson a gambler or do you tend to play it safe? <laughs> I'll gamble any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so it leads me to the next question is uh, third place, five laps to go. Pretty one line track. Uh, do, you, do you risk getting seventh to get a win or are you content with third? All day long. You'll go, you'll, I, you'll get seventh will, to try to I, get the win. Yeah. I will never, you know, we'll never sit back and just play the train game We're we're there to win every night, even though it's, pretty much impossible to do but i'll go to the high side or to the bottom if it's a high side down wherever they're not that's where i'll go to make sure that i try to at least do something yeah yep you know go ahead if you're not going to be on the podium you might as well be the show so you might as well do something cool (laughs) (laughs) if it's if it's fencing it or hitting the wall or something, you know, you got to put something on for the fans. Right. Somebody, the sponsors need their, they need their airtime on Dirt Race Central for sure. Exactly. So, okay. Well, I like that answer. I, 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 if there's, I, it's certainly more fun to talk about as an announcer, the guy that is going to be like, all right, folks, there's two laps to go. You're going to keep an eye on this third place guy because he's going to try something. He's going to slide or he's going to, now, will you, watching you race over the last four or five years, you're, you're not necessarily one to put a bumper on someone and, and, and move them hard, but you're, you're also not one to shy away from a little bit of contact. Well, I know, you know, obviously we all try to respect our stuff as much as possible. You know, nobody likes working on their stuff, but you know, weekly night racing and winning a feature. Yeah. I'll, I'll rub on somebody for sure. You know, but you get five, to three to seven, ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, if it's not gonna put me in the caution of the back, yeah, you're gonna get a door and it's probably gonna be pretty hard. But <laughs> that's anybody. We're out there to For win, sure. you know. Yeah. Like yep. you don't want to dirt you don't want to dirty anybody, but at the same time, like it, you just you know, we're there to win and that's what you gotta do. Most Harry, of the time it's not that easy, but you know, we'll see. Harry Hogg said it best, right? Rubbing yes, exactly. exactly. Rubbing is racing. Exactly. You know, so, nobody likes wreck stuff though, so it's not like you know we want to do anything like that. But so to me, there's a huge difference it, to, as a as a guy sitting up in the tower watching you guys get your get your 
whatever you want to call it on, there's a huge difference between dirty and racing. And, right. and you can you can put a bumper on somebody and be clean as hell. Just just you're just knocking on the door, right? You're just letting them know I am right here. And when you screw up this much, I'm gonna be to the inside of you. Or you 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 know show them the bumper on the outside. Maybe they 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 give you the the upside trying to block you a little bit, and then you shove it into the inside. And if they give you three quarters of a car you have to put the whole car in there. Like that's oh, yeah. like, that's not, yeah, exactly. that's not dirty. Uh, no. I think dirty is, is the slide job from, from way too far away that, that, right. ends, that ends up like that. That's dirty. Like then right. like there, someone needs to be talked to real hard and loud in the tech sure. shed. But yeah. Um, or if it takes both of you out, that's stupid. Like that was, that was, <laughs> right. that, that was dirty and stupid. And so, right. um, but there's a huge, to me, a huge difference between being aggressive and being dirty. You're right. Yeah. Yep. No. If you blatantly go on the corner and just hit their left rear and you don't lift at all, like, yeah, you're just trying to dump them. But yeah. yep. you go in and, and get into them and push them up the track and, you take their line over, you know, that's racing totally. That's racing, baby. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, um, okay. Who is, this is, a, this is, Zach's got to, you know, call out somebody now, is who is the biggest class clown in the pits? Uh, class clown in the pits. So one, one of your fellow drivers doesn't even have to be a B-Mod person. Could be a streeter, could be a, a a mod guy, a hornet driver. Who's who's the who's the one that's always making everyone else laugh? Um, I'd have to say Travis Schulte. Travis, he's at least he's always at least making me laugh. Yeah, he's he's pretty <laughs> damn funny. <laughs> All right, so Travis has been on my list. Travis has never been on the show either, and Travis, I'm writing that down because we're gonna. We gotta we gotta give him a shot to to rebuttal against you now. So. Yeah, <laughs> Travis is a lot of fun. I really like racing against Travis, and we've had some really good battles. So I was no, gonna I, say if you if you beat the three T, you've beat some. Like you've worked hard. Yeah, you know that's exactly. He's, he's one of those guys that that it seems it seems to me like his schedule is is he's not as as full time as he was you know five ten years ago kind of thing. And that he's his schedule isn't as full as it as it was back in the day. But still, if if you if you go out there and the three T is lining up in front of you, you have your hands full to get around him. Like he's oh yeah, going for sure fast, no matter what. So um, no, that's funny. That's that's yeah. I like that. I, I've go ahead. You wouldn't you wouldn't see it just talking to him, but like hanging out with him and stuff like that. The guy, yeah, he's. He's he's quite a character. It's the after the races stuff, right? It is. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yep. That's yeah. the best times. So, okay. So that's the yourmth.com rapid fire questions. We wind up the show with the ECS, another guy that you know pretty well, I would imagine, Mac Johnston down at East Central Sports. It's called the ECS Pay It Forward question. The whole segment is brought to you by ECS, uh, which he and I are, are doing this. The, the entries are a little slow, so we're going to do a video about this, but we're doing a uh, a, a bike giveaway. We're, we're Me and him are giving away a pit bike. And so uh, the tickets are 20 bucks a piece. It's going to be an SR125, an, an SSR pit bike. 
someone's getting one for for a twenty dollar space on a on a football board. Uh, but we got to get the damn football board filled up, and then we're going to give away the bike. So we're going to do some stuff to get that thing filled up here. But once we do, we're giving away a bike. So, um, so the pay it forward question. My last guest gets to ask you a question. You get to ask my next guest a question. So my last guest was a guy. I you're certainly going to know the name, whether you know him or not. I don't know. Is Davy Crookton? Do you know Davy? Uh, yeah. Yep. Streeter, uh, yep. uh, the 11k was a super stock, was a streeter. Yeah. And it was a super stock guy, sold the streeter, had some kids. Yeah. I got to get back into racing, bought another streeter in his, in his racing streeters now. So, um, the 11k is his number. Uh, his question for you was, what is your favorite track condition? And we kind of talked about it a little already, but let's expand upon that a little bit is, you said one one of your wishes was put the water truck away. That would you rather have dusty or oh no no not like the happy medium. Yeah, it, it, okay. Like probably being a little drastic on put the water truck away, but <laughs> it's it's just um, no. So cleaned off like um, no marbles, very wide track. Yeah. Um, it's just it's like glass you know um it's it's a lot of fun just because you can especially for the modified division you know um and and late models if they got a track that doesn't rubber up on them it's just a blast to watch you know and and it's really a lot of fun to drive on too as a b-mod driver but it really puts on a really hell of a show and if if there is water you just put just enough up top just for something to hang on to. But yeah. you also got to be gutsy enough to hang up there. So not a lot of guys do it. Um, so, yeah, that's that would probably be the perfect track conditions would be from top to bottom, you know, nice and smooth. Um, and no no cautions. Get into lap traffic, make them work for it, you know, stuff like that. That would be like the, perfect the right race. line. Yeah, that's, you know? man, you are like, that gets me excited, like picturing what you just described, because that is, as an announcer, that is a hundred percent what you want, because there's, there's, hell, you can have a five second lead and all of a sudden you get stuck behind a lapper that, that has speed, but is right where you want to be and then goes, oh my God, there's the blue flag. I better switch. And then you switch and you're like, you're doing this. Oh, thing. It's uh and then all of a sudden that that five second lead with the guy that's that's you know now a second a lap faster. Well, all of a sudden that goes away real, real fast. And now we've got a race and it's about who who picks the line better getting through lappers. And and it's a heartbreaker when that, you know, when someone is clearly the faster car and then gets screwed by a lap guy. That's it's a heartbreaker, but it's exciting. Or a caution comes out with one to go or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's there's a saying actually from Travis Schulte that he always told me because we, you know, go back and forth and winning. And he won one night from a caution and he took it over from me. And then I won the next, like a couple weeks later, I took it over from him. And he came up to me that night and he goes, you live by the caution, you die by the caution. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, yeah, there's it's the it's the worst flag on the flag stand and the best flag on the flag stand, depending on where you are. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and it's and the white flag is always the longest lap mm-hmm. yep you you might be turning you know 15 second laps but that white flag lap is about a minute and 45 and you 
especially if you're if you don't have a bunch of wins stacked up, if if you don't have a pile of trophies in the garage already, you because it's the, it's you're nervous as hell. White flag fever is a real thing, and you think, oh, I got to go to the bottom. But man, I've been running the top real good. But I'm going to go to the bottom, and then all of a sudden somebody rails around the outside and passes you and takes away your first win or whatever it is, and it's those are heartbreakers too, man. You got to lose a couple like that. It's I've always said like video games and I, especially now I racing will, will cure some of that. Like if you put yourself in that, your, your brain doesn't know the difference, whether it's, whether it's real or not. And you'll, you'll, you'll talk yourself into being calm on that white flag lap. If you've, if, if your brain thinks you've been there again and again and again and again, kind of a thing. So now, once you're there, like yourself, you've you've been the leader on the white flag 12 times this year, and yeah. maybe, maybe more than that. You've won five, 12 times. Maybe you've been the leader on the white flag more than that and got passed, but I don't think so. You you, the races that I've seen you win, you're you're free and clear by a bunch. So, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the the pay it forward part, Zach, is you get to ask my next guest a question. My next guest is a guy, another guy that you're going to know is Jimmy Gullickson. Number 21, uh, come out sort of mid-season this year into Streeter. Last year, he was in a super. I think the last two or three years, he's been in a super. Um, he's a former street stock national champion way back in 2005. Um, and so it's it's been a minute since he since he won that championship, but Dude's always got speed. He's always fast. And he's, he's, I think maybe only got five or six shows so far this season, but what would your, what would your question for Jimmy be? Um, what grinds his gears the most while he's sitting in traffic and for lineup per se. Um, and, uh, he's going through the track and uh, he can't do anything, but he knows that he's, you know, say faster than the guy in front of him. He's going through, you know, stuff like that. What uh, what would he do to get through him? You know, question like that. OK, OK. So you're so not necessarily like in staging, but during a race, yeah. you're, you're in a battle and you're clearly faster than the guys in front of you, but you just can't you you can't get by. Yeah, him. you can't get. Time. So what what do you do? You know? So basically the question is, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> I seen Jimmy do some pretty cool stuff. So that's why I thought of that question just for him, because he, uh, he's, he's a, uh, he's a good street stock racer and he was decent in a super too, but I, I like seeing him back in the streeter. Yeah, no, he's, he's, um, he's a street stock driver. There's certain guys that, that bounce between class to class and they're good in everything. He's good in a super. I think he's better than good in a streeter. And, right. and um and this new car that he's got this year uh, reminds me of you. He hasn't he hasn't parked it on the top of the box yet, but he's right there. Like he's showed like first time on the track was showing some pretty major league speed and it'll be fun to get the the DRC Street Stock series to our track and watch him against those guys because he's going to be right there. There are going to be some guys that are surprised by the speed of that 21 car. So, um, awesome. What, what do you do in traffic to get through? I like that. 
Perfect. What would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> awesome. That we need to get some a, a sponsor from Klondike bars at the racetrack because that would be that would be like the you know the aggressive move of the race is what would you do for right. a Klondike bar move of the race kind of thing or something. Yep. Awesome. Well, Zach, I I appreciate you being on the show and taking taking a, a little bit of time to be on here with me and. I wish you nothing but best of luck. And I, I suspect that come November, uh, if I had to, in fact, I did. There was a, a question. I, I put up just a random question every single Friday on the show. And last Friday was, we're about halfway through the season. Who's who's your picks? Who's who's your halfway all-stars kind of thing? And and I picked you to be, I think you're going to win the national championship in the BMOD this year. So not to jinx you. That's the announcer's yeah. jinx all the time. Yeah. But but uh you're if if you're if you don't win it someone's gonna have to beat you a lot in order to get it because you are very firm grasp of it right now and uh you know I know there's throwaways and all it doesn't really start yeah. until August but you're uh with the amount of wins that you're stacking you're you're gonna be a player in that in that uh in that conversation anyways all we're hoping for it we'll see what happens and uh not going to count my chickens before they're hatched. But Definitely not. Definitely we'll not. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Keep grinding tires and doing maintenance, and it'll happen, though. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Everybody, that is uh, Zach Benson, the 17B on After the Checkers. Thanks for having me, Kyle.